0: Before we get to the word of the Lord, let's take a moment and uh, seek his favor upon what what we're anticipating from the word of God this morning. We do ask your favor, Father, Heavenly Father, that for the sake of Jesus Christ, your spirit would be at work in us so that we might honor you in this hour. Use us to your praise, we ask. Use us to your glory, use this time to exalt your name, both in the reading of your word, the delivering of the ministry of your word, and then also in the response to your word. May you accomplish all that you set out to do with it. We ask that you would hear us in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 104 is our reading this morning. read through the entire psalm, and then we'll take a moment to consider Lord's Day 10 out of the Heidelberg Catechism that deals with the providence of God and how we should react to it. So Psalm 104, we've got 35 verses there, speaks to the greatness of God, see it especially as the creator God that he is. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He sets the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. The sound of your thunder, they took to flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys, they flow between the hills, they give drink to every beast of the field, the wild donkeys quench their thirst, besides them the birds of the heavens dwell, they sing among the branches, from your lofty abode you water the mountains, the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he he may bring forth food from the earth. And wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats, the rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons sun knows it's time for setting. You, made dark, you make darkness and it is night when all the beasts of the forest creep about. Young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O oh Lord! How manifold are your works, in wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures, innumerable living things, both small and great. There go the ships, and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look to you, give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. And when you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Take a moment to respond to these truths, considering the providence of God here in Lord's Day 10, question 27, page 17, in the black back of the blue hymnal. If you'd like to follow along there, it says, what do you understand by the providence of God? Providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God, by which he upholds us with his hand, heaven and earth, and all creatures. So rules them that leaf and blade rain and drought fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but from his fatherly hand. How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us, asks question 28. We can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father. Nothing will separate us from his love. All creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will they can neither move nor be moved. We are grateful to God for his truths that console us, encourage us in the faith. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, I I think our boys and girls know what it means to do something on accident. Uh, You uh, spill something or you drop something and you may even run into something and make it fall. And then you turn to mom and dad and you say, we didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. And we know that in a very real sense, at that moment, we just weren't, at least not completely, in control of ourselves for whatever reason. And if we were, well, then we wouldn't have spilled the milk, or we wouldn't have dropped the glass, or knocked into the thing that might even have broken. consoling though for us is that God on the other hand never does anything accidentally. Because God's always in control of everything that's happening in the world. And that is a consoling thing. And of course we see that most clearly in the work and the person Jesus Christ. His coming to earth was no accident. His coming was just when God wanted him to come, in the, as, as the Bible would say, in the fullness of time, and at just the right time, Christ died for us. So this timing is all under God's control. His birth, his death, his resurrection. And when he returns on the cloud of glory, that won't be accidental either. It'll be in accordance with everything in God's timetable. Now we may find it uncomfortable and a bit inconvenient when we have what we might call an accident. And boys and girls, you're not the only ones who have them. But we don't have to be anything but comforted to know that God has everything in His hands. We, we enjoy that comfort when we're his children through Jesus Christ. You know, you think about the things, my friends, that go on in your life from day to day and week to week and month to month, or the events that are happening around you, and aren't they just incredibly numerous and sometimes rather complex? You can't even keep up with it all sometimes, when you think about it. And, and then if you were to multiply them, right, the things that are going on in your own life, with all the things that are going on around the world, and, and then all the interactions of all those events, then you realize that when it comes to the lives of people, the events that are found in them are just almost too many to count. If we're the kind of people who like to have control of our situation, and we feel like, you know, if, if I don't have control over everything, I'm lost, well, then that little bit of knowledge about the fact that there's so much going on might, might make the task of bringing control to your life a bit daunting, to say the least. And you, you find that, that, that there are often things that happen that are completely out of your control. No matter what you'd like to say, say about that, no matter how you'd like to say that they're not, you know, you'd like to change the attitude of somebody, or you'd like to see your government do this or that, or some other government do this or that, or you'd like to see your own opportunities turn out a little bit differently than they might have. And you can try harder, you can treat someone differently, or you can petition the government, or you can act a bit differently, and that might be affected. On the other hand, things might just end up like they were before, and maybe even worse. You, you find that you can't always make everything the way you want it. And you can't always have control over everything. And, you, and you, you have sometimes ideas about what your day is going to be like and then it's different and you didn't plan on that. But one of the comforts that we receive when we're Christians, when we trust the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is knowing that while we, come to, we have to come to grips with the, with the fact that we cannot control everything as with, with our hands, We can take comfort in knowing that somebody can. And that's the hand of God, the Father, our Father in Christ. He can, and he does, control everything. And we want to speak a little bit more about that this morning, the comfort of being in the hand of the Father who provides complete control and complete care. First, that he provides complete control. Whether you consider this catechism this morning, whether you consider our passage that sheds light on our catechism uh, response or our catechetical response, we we come away with a comforting truth that God has everything under his control. And this is part of the reason why we are to praise him as we're called to do, beginning and the end of this psalm. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. You need reason? Read the verses in between. There's no doubt that in the world in which the Lord has placed us that we have been called to be those who respond to him well for the sake of Christ with the gifts that he's given us, including his creation. But many in this world would like to see certain changes take place who who never seem to have any sense that the person who's in charge of everything is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And at best it would appear that such would have a a deist approach to the world where God's the great clockmaker who who winds the clock of creation and sets it on the shelf, never again to consider that creation. Completely removed from it. But neither our passage nor the catechism takes that approach. Scripture as old old doesn't take that approach. God doesn't turn a deaf ear to the world nor turn aside in ignorance. God is not a God who who discontinues his control of what he made. He laid the foundation of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. It is he who causes the grass to grow for the cattle, vegetation, for the service of man, that he may bring forth food from the earth, and wine that makes glad the heart of man, and oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengthens his heart. It's he who opens his hand as the entire creation waits for him to give them their food in due season. It is what God gives them that they gather in, what God gives them. He opens their hand, his hand and they are filled with goods. And he's also the one who who hides his face and takes their breath away so they die. Nothing is accidental with God. With God, nothing is left out. Leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty. All things, in fact, come to us not by chance. All things, but from his fatherly hand. And so when you hear about people talking about climate change and going green, do you hear about that kind of control? Do you hear people saying that? We don't hear about that kind of control. We don't hear about the appointed times in which we live, the moon for seasons, the sun that knows it's going down, the darkness for the night for the animals, and the day for man's work. We hear instead that somehow we have control of the seasons for the good and the bad, as if God had no say in the matter. And and for such people, our, our saviors are the scientists and the salvation that we win is for the planet on which we reside. And our dependence is, is on those who will show us the way so we can control climate and avoid eco- ecological destruction. And I, I don't want people to waste the creation. We, we aren't to be. We're to be good stewards of what God has given to us. and We, we ought to be careful with what God has given us, no doubt. But the impression that is left so often is that there is no God in control of rain and drought. There is no God in control of fruitful and lean years, health and sickness. Only the almighty ever-present power of the present-day prophet that prognosticates an environmental day of reckoning. And it's not, of course, just environmentalism. That decries the God of Providence that upholds is with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures. As much of our educational system is based on that evolutionary model, that premises, that all came together by chance and, and not by the hand of the God and Father of the one who believes in him through Jesus Christ. And it's still the overall philosophy of our educational system as a whole that says that all is accidental. There's no grand designer he's not he's not allowed to be involved there and yet at the same time we're heading for better things evolutionarily and that seems hard to reconcile with a world that's supposedly going to pot environmentally nevertheless academia would rather posit a world that all that that is all accidental and chaotic and and then and then at the same time, shift gears, turn to 180, and try to make order of the accidental. Rather than see the world as that which God brought to order and, and purpose through his own creative power and maintains it by his almighty hand. You know, Psalm 104 is really a psalm of praise, you know, a motivation that way, Uh, uh Again, remembering beginning at the end. What's the point of all this? As we bring it all together, let's give praise to God. Let's make worship a priority. But but, but it's a psalm of praise to the creative work of God where we read of God's created order, not of a world that's chaotic and out of control and accidental. And so whether it's verse 2 where you find allusions to creation day 1 and 2, or verse 14, where we find day three, or verse 19, where we find day four, or verse twenty-five, where we find day five, or verse thirty, where we find allusions to day six, God's praised in this psalm for both his creation and his providence. And there's comfort to be found in a God who has all things in control rather than a mankind that seeks to bring control to what is professed by mankind as out of control. In contrast to the comfort of knowing that that all things are under the control of God is the lack of comfort to be found in thinking that the only reason that things come to us, so to speak, is because they happen accidentally. It's fate. It's chance. But there's no overriding purpose behind all that comes our way. It's, you just happen to be there, and it just happened to hit you. There, there's no comfort found in an existence where everything is, and totality is accidental. There's no comfort in, in found in believing that that what you face has happened randomly to you. No comfort in found in knowing that, that what has happened to you is accidental. And where things are going are accidental. This is what's come your way. This is where things are going. We don't know. Why would we be convinced in thinking then, then that we can gain control of a, of a situation that is by nature totally out of control of anyone and anything? You know, it'd be like driving in a runaway car where nobody's driving and we're sitting in the back. And we're trying to comfort ourselves while we're sitting in the back seat. Don't worry, everything's under control. They're not under control. Because we don't have and we will not have somebody at the controls. God has everything under His control. That's why we praise Him. That's where we find consolation. With Him there are no accidents. For the believing Christian, that's part of the comfort He has. with the fatherly hand that brings all things into His life or her life. But it goes beyond that. We not only take comfort in the Father's greatness, that way that He controls everything, but we also take comfort in His complete care over His own. Not just complete control, but complete care. Because we believe that the providence and creation of God can help us to that extent. It's not just that God is at the controls, but with us in the back seat, so to speak, we know that in the end, he'll bring us to a safe destination. And that's our peace after all. It's not that God is going to keep us from the storm, but he is certainly going to be our cleft in the rock through the storm till it passes. What we find in the president, providence, and creation of God the Father is, is not just in His greatness, but also His goodness. And therefore, we find comfort not just then in His greatness, but also His goodness. I mean, why, after all, should anybody be patient about things that go against them? When there's no real point to be patient. Nobody who has a divinely fatherly care for them to merit such patience. I'll I'll wait on the Lord because I know He completely cares for me. Why be patient if He's not that person and He's not there? And why should anybody be thankful when things go well? Oh, you, you might show thanks to somebody who helped you, but 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 really, why should why should that even happen? Why be thankful to anybody when when everything comes my way by chance anyway? You might be happy that these things went well, but you, but you certainly don't need to be thankful. Most of all, why should? You have any confidence that all things are going to work out in the end. There's no purpose, there's no happy ending. There's, there's no brand design that way upon which people can stand on a sure footing. If if one cannot say that all things will work together for good through those who love God, or as if one cannot say that nothing will separate them from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Indeed, God is not only in complete command. But his care for his own in Christ is complete as well. And that's part of why we trust him as we do. At least we're called to. Because if God the Father didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And that's the comfort. And that's, that's the trust. That's the faith. That's, that's the kind of life to which you and I are, are called and to which you and I are challenged. I mean, it's somewhat easy to say that that we believe in the providence of God. Oh, yeah, I believe in the providence of God, but it's another thing to actually live like we believe in the providence of God. Do we really have reason to be patient? Do we really have reason to be thankful? Do we really have reason for good confidence for the future? What about my work? What about my health? What about when things really go against me? What if I'm here and I want to be there? However that might look, in time or place. And you're not there yet. Abram, we're going to talk about that tonight, Face some of those same problems. Because not all my times are fruitful. Not all my times are healthy. and Not everything goes well for me at the moment. But I get reminded and I get assured in God's Word that what I can also know is that God the Father is not just in complete control, but that He also completely cares for me as one of his children, for the sake of Christ. And that's different for the wicked, says our song. That's not so for them. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. But then that's why you want to be known as one of the Father's own in Christ confessing your sins, turning to Christ for salvation, and finding your comfort in the fatherly hand of God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and what we can confess in Christ, our heavenly Father, who's completely in control, and who you could say that, completely cares for you come what may that's gospel that's good news for your life amen let's take a moment to respond shall we father again we come and glad are we that we can take a moment to reflect not only on your complete control of everything but also your complete care for you people. May we find ourselves resting in that truth. Your sovereignty, which is so great, but also the, the love that you have for your own. For as completely as you are in control of everything, so completely, do you care for your own in Jesus Christ. May we be consoled by both of those truths. and believe it, and live in accordance with it, we'd ask that you'd hear us in